There's plenty of evidence suggesting our world is broken. There's an endless supply of stories circulating about how society is fragmented and the environment is being destroyed. Tuning into these narratives can deliver a sense of despair, but just beyond that is a request for our participation in the holistic, ecological well-being of our planet. Nature reminds us that we are not the problem, but rather that challenges arise when we shy away from our humanness. The invitation is to engage more fully with the Earth, our ecosystem, our communities, our families, and our true selves. This podcast is about rewiring our minds and recalibrating our vision to see the possibility in what's alive at this moment. It's about writing a new story that is neither ignorant of the upheaval happening in these times, nor inherently fatalistic. It's about acknowledging the fact that we are living in a landscape of great evolution, and about creating spaces that support us in exploring this uncharted territory without fear. The perspective we share challenges us to view the world as unbroken. It requires us to be fully present and uphold our values as we give reverence to the innate wholeness of nature. It also guides us to focus on the ways our own empowerment is tightly woven with our capacity for healthy decision-making and our willingness to take conscious actions as human beings. The conversations we have here are raw, heartfelt, and sometimes controversial. May they provoke you into remembering the animal god within. We are Davide Zimolo and Stella Robeck, and we welcome you to The Wandering Below, Messages of Healing for an Unbroken World. Welcome to the second season of The Wandering Below, the 11th episode overall. This uh, this is your hosts, Davide and Stella. We are super excited to welcome you into this into this new season. We are we have a plan of what we're going to talk for the next 10 episodes. Um, we are very excited to share our discussions about these topics with you. And we're starting today with answering a question that has been really, really present in our life. And it is, what is medicine? We have a lot of things that we want to talk about. So we want to start right away. And I would like to uh, start by just doing an intuitive drop-in of what medicine means to us. Stella, I would love for you to go first. Thank you. So to me, medicine is something that brings you closer to yourself. That's what first came to my mind when you raised the question. Um... It's sort of like I get the visual of anything, anywhere that you have like empty spaces or needs that are not being met in the present. Medicine can fill those needs, but sort of in a way that's um, embracing you versus filling a hole. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like... It's not um, supplementing part of who you are. It's reminding you of who you are in your wholeness. What is medicine to you? 
well, what I think medicine is, uh, is a whole different topic. But if I am to do or just follow my intuition and drop in with my body and feels and feel what medicine is in my body, I, I think medicine is something that heals something that allows you to overcome or to get better that's what i feel that's what you know my I guess even this story I have about medicine and now that we're going to explore this topic and what it means and, you know, maybe we'll understand that this paradigm that I feel in my body about medicine Mm -hmm. is common and it, it is a paradigm. Yeah. So the next, after doing this little thing, um, which was important to get us into the rhythm of talking about medicine and to understand where our starting point for this conversation is, um, I would love uh, for you to go a little bit deep into the etymology, like what it means, like the actual word medicine means. Uh, this is something that we really care about, looking at language, looking how that word originates, originated, and yeah, and actually know what it means and know what it means so that we can use it in the right way. Yeah, um, so I'll talk through the etymology, but I want to just like support what what you just said with a little more detail like or context we see this word used a lot um and like i mean we we both have degrees in biology so we've been taught what medicine is from a scientific perspective and we've both been on um our own spiritual journeys and in the spiritual communities a lot of times you see people talking about medicine um which is sometimes a similar to the scientific view, the spiritual community might see the, a substance as a medicine. Um, but you'll see it talked about also as um, connection medicine, like the, the act of coming into communion with another is medicine, or um, you'll see it used sort of as a synonym for therapy, maybe, like going through some sort of um, ritual or like having space to talk through things can be medicine. And so you see it used in a lot of ways. So, um, and, and it's come up for both of us in our work and in our studies and in our personal lives, um, in a lot of different ways in the last decade or more. So we've thought about it a lot and, um, yeah, just want to give like clarity to it not that it shouldn't be thrown around as much as it is, but it is like 
a super common word and and we want to get to the root of it. So with that being said, the etymology of um, the prefix med, M-E-D, it's uh, a root word meaning to take appropriate measure. So med is related to measurement. um, And we see this as a way of identifying and fulfilling spaces of lack. So obviously as it pertains to medicine, the root is identifying um, spaces where you need treatment or need healing. Um, and we we both kind of had some version of that in our intuitive check-in, it seems like. But um, medicine, which has been used since at least 1200, um, specifically means treatment, cure, or healing, and is also used for spiritual remedies and generally the art of healing. Um, so, I mean, that's not, not much of a surprise. We know what medicine means. It still means treatment, cure, and healing. Um, but thinking about it in terms of the root med, which refers to measurement, it really points out that it's it's not a subjective statement of need or desire or a request, but it's a way of analyzing your body or your spirit, whichever you're referring to, um, but sort of measuring it and seeing what's missing and then finding treatments to cure those gaps, to fulfill those things. Yeah, so um, it's interesting to keep going deep uh, with the etymology, right? Because, you know, we talked about, you talked about medicine, about this interesting uh, observation about measurement. And also, you know, medicine at the end of the day, as you said, it's about healing, about the art of healing. And, you know, you said, you know, we come from scientific background, so we talk about a lot, of, a lot of medicine. And, you know, we came across that word a lot. And the meaning of the word medicine fits really well. and it, But it fits also really well uh, the ways medicine is thrown around in the spiritual world where, you know, it's art of healing and, you know, like doing meditation or all kind of things is also healing. But what does healing, like where does that word come from? Uh, not to, you know, just heal. Um, it's super interesting because we, it, it, it means to make whole, return to wholeness restoration of health so stepping from medicine where we're you know taking appropriate measure and where you know we are treating curing but and we are healing but we're not healing to fix stuff i guess according to the etymology but it is to return to wholeness return to equilibrium yeah and um we looked into it since we were already doing a deep dive into the etymology. Um, you see medicine referring to healing and also health. We looked at um, the etymology of health as well, which obviously is, is very similar to heal. Um, but what we found is health means whole, uninjured, or a good omen. Um, it's also related to 
holy, sacred, prosperity, welfare, safety, happiness, preservation. So all of these words have the same root. Um, and they were at some point in history used synonymously. So to be sacred is also to be uninjured, is also to be safe, is also to be happy. A good omen, it's like, it's a, it's a sign of uh, fortune for the future is a good omen, right? But to be healthy today also says that the future's looking bright because you're in a good state right now, but you're in a good state physically. Um, like it's connected to welfare. So you could even say socially, you're in a good state spiritually. So, I mean, it's tied to, of course, it's measurement. You think it's tied to like analysis of the body or measuring, you know, now you think of diagnostic tests because we have access to that. But in the 13th century, there were not lab tests. I mean, not our version of lab tests. There was not like blood work. There was not, I mean, people weighing themselves every week to see if they've gained or lost, you know, like there's not how much water did you drink today? Like any version of, of like forcing your body into small numerical analyses. I mean, they're just microscopic compared to the wholeness of who you are. I mean, that's just my rant. But the point is, we think of it that way. But even from the beginning, it was, it was um, a measurement of spiritual wholeness as well. Like not, not just physical health, but physical wholeness. And not just physical wholeness, but spiritual wholeness. I mean, there's a lot of ties to to the sacred, to the divine, as through the human body. And that's something that, I mean, I see in the world now is a huge act of reclamation, you know, fusing. And it's not anything new, but fusing the spiritual and the physical. I see that the way we're doing it today is is grappling with um, the fact that maybe there's not a dichotomy. There's not the body and the spirit, and we somehow figure out how they fit together and how they, by coming together, make us whole, but that they cannot exist without the other. One cannot exist without the other. That your spirit is actually animating your body, and your body is the expression of your spirit Versus, you know, teachings that you've seen over the last many centuries or millennia of um, the body is the vehicle for the soul. The soul is the only part of the being that matters and it exists by living in a body for a short period of time. Um, really, those things are together. and And when they are in sync with each other, in sync with the environment, when you as a whole being are in healthy relationships, all of those things coming together make you whole or healthy. Yeah, and it, I mean, it's really, really interesting to think about it that way and seeing how, you know, nowadays there's a lot of polarization and a lot of, um, how do you say, like, 
you know, we, we are very good at going deep into something very really, for example, you know, science or physical being, physical health. You know, we have all the tests and, you know, we reached a level of technology that is amazing. And at the same time, also in the spiritual world, you know, we have the tools and, you know, there are people with the awareness to be able to go deep and get really good at doing those things. But I guess our conversation here and looking back and looking at the etymology is to, I mean, the thesis is there is, I mean, all these things work together. The only way for medicine to work is if it allows to reach a well-being that encompasses every aspect of our life. And you can only do that if you look at the physical part or the emotional part, the spiritual part, the mental part, even the communal part, living together with other people in relation with other people, and also the ecological well-being, like living with nature in relation with nature. And by focusing on only one of these things at the time, we do ourselves harm. Like we cannot heal, in my opinion, if we're only looking at one thing at a time. It has to be holistic. It has to be encompassing all of these things that I just mentioned. Right, because, I mean, to be healthy or to heal, you have to consider wholeness. And wholeness is not dissecting your being into categories and then only addressing one category. And, I mean, it might, like... I'll be honest, like, even though I have this view of the world, this holistic view, and I've, I've actually, like, like, needed through all of it in myself, you know, like, worked through it and got to where I am right now, like, with a lot of intention and a lot of challenge, even within this conversation, I'm feeling the overwhelm of, well, how can I do all of it all at once? And that brings up another thing, which is, could you ever not be whole, right? I mean, maybe there's not, there's nothing to catch up on, you know, like, maybe you don't have gaps within you, like, I don't know. I mean, that's a philosophical view of, of wholeness, but, but yeah, in a practical sense, it's like you cannot be whole if you only look at your physical body or if you only look at your spiritual body i mean you see a lot of people focusing on one or the other assuming that um you know one is is more important or more relevant or maybe healing one part of yourself will ripple into the others and then you get a free pass because now your mental state is really clear because you worked on your body like you work on your body, you're going to bump into a lot of mental patterns that you didn't realize were mm. there. I mean, it's they're all connected and you can't run away from one section of your life. Yeah, and you can't run away either from being interconnected with everything around us. Yeah. Like, and I mean, there is awareness in the medical scientific community about this concept of you know one health or like having you know it's not only about you know our 
systems in our body and fixing that but it, it, it's also psychological it's also about the environment it's about all these things and this is what i'm trying to push like even go even further where there's also the spiritual part and there's also you know very heavy mental part and there's a very heavy communal part and you know like our well-being our personal well-being depends on the on the well-being of others it's a never reachable in my opinion like full well-being or you know like the medicine someone needs to be whole cannot be found only or cannot be achieved only through their the work of one single person right it has to be done in community it has to be done with nature if we don't do that yes we can have a lot of people that work by themselves or in small groups to achieve better health mm -hmm. use medicine to get better but if we don't look at each other if we don't connect then we will never even like no single person will ever be fully healthy <laughs> yeah i mean i think and it's yeah well um, yeah go ahead no one and nothing exists in a vacuum either right so like i use the example like if you're working on your physical health you're going to bump into some mental patterns that you have where did those patterns come from i mean your your parents or society or a magazine i mean they came from somewhere um that's why you know like you are challenged by it if they were your own ideas and you were in this utopic you know vacuum of where everything there exists as you and for you, which, by the way, is actually what the world is, but, like, we don't realize that. We are we're feeling others as other. We're feeling nature as other. We perceive the world to be separate from us, and we are just inhabiting it. And when we do that, we develop beliefs, and we pick up beliefs that others have developed that get ingrained in us. So even if you think, I need to cut out all of these people, I need to stop watching the news, I need to live an ascetic lifestyle, or I need to become vegan, like the more stuff I cut out, the better, because the, the less influence there is on me, and the more I can start to hear my true voice. I mean, that's, that's a valid path. And also, you are not going toward wholeness. You are running away from everything else. So in this season, we're going to be talking a lot about ecological well-being um, and different ways that that's expressed and kind of working through um, the grit of what that looks like in real life. So we kind of wanted to start this season with the background on medicine because, like, how do you get there? Like, how do you even show up for conversations about the changing environment um, or like ecological issues. And I would say that you have to understand within yourself that you are whole first or else you will keep running away or else you will keep trying to find the good side and the bad side. Um, and so, yeah, I want to just like put a framework on this like especially if you're feeling overwhelmed listening and you're like what well, I'm working on my health and then I have other things that come up or or whatever like or 
I have been doing the spiritual work, but I still like I look around me and I see climate change or I see problems in my family or like, you know, social patterns coming up that like I feel like I can't do anything about it. And so I want to just like talk through the the levels of being um, because we're referring to spiritual health, physical health, emotional health. And just like lay that out. So as an individual, like as a being, you have, let's say, four bodies. I think there are some views on this where you have seven or 12 or it's like one or sure. (laughs) I mean, most people think one, I guess. So from this viewpoint, I'm going to talk through the four levels of the the physical or the human body, let's say the human being. So there's the obviously the physical body and what we call the spiritual body is is sort of like your aura or your higher self or your connection to god um like your inner knowing like that voice in you that directs you toward where you want to go that reveals what you desire and need and so the spiritual body communicates to you through your it's sort of filtered through your mental body so you can picture it as like this all-knowing energy that permeates your being that exists within your physical form but as it communicates it's it's coming to your physical through your mental and the mental space is or your mind is the place where all of those beliefs that you've collected in your lifetime exist. So what your spiritual body tells you, or your higher self tells you, can only be received in your physical form to the extent that you don't have a belief mentally that challenges it. So if you're taking direction from your inner guidance system or your spiritual body but in your mind you have a judgment about what it's telling you you'll have dissonance there so there becomes sort of a confusion between what your spirit is telling you and what your body is actually capable of because your mind is so powerful it's not the most powerful but it tends to get in the way especially in a fast-paced lifestyle Hmm. When there's a lot of focus on the mind, there's a lot of focus. I mean, we're, we're doing a podcast communication, like verbal communication comes through the mind, your ability to connect with others. Most of the time is working through your mental body. So there's a lot of activity there where traditionally there might not be as much only because there would be more physical connection, more emotional connection, more spiritual connection, and and specifically spiritual communal connection, mm. connecting with God and with nature and those around you, not as your own inner spiritual work, which is super important, but it means nothing, again, in the context of the community, of the family, of ecology. But we'll get to that. I mean, well, that's... It's, it's a ritual. Sure. I mean, there are a lot of ways it shows up, but yeah, ritual explains all of it, right? 
But that's, again, like I'm talking through the levels of the being because I think you can't even show up to a ritual if you have some stuff going on in yourself. And so like, let's work through that and like, be okay with yourself so that you can then be okay with others. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talk through the, the physical, the spiritual and the mental bodies. So the fourth is um, the emotional body. And basically the emotions give expression to unresolved dissonance between the spirit and the mind. So your higher self or your spirit or God directs you towards something. Your physical body, if there's no mental chatter, will just go ahead and do it. Or be it, you know, like it's the mystery of living. You know, how do your cells know to grow? Because God tells them to. I mean, because mystery, because nature tells them to, because they know what to do inherently. Um, but, and a lot of us don't have beliefs about how cells should grow or how the body should exist. But we do have beliefs about, um, like, how often do you work out? Or, like, how to appropriately connect with people? Like, what foods to eat. I mean, all of those things we have a lot of beliefs around. So in that case, you have beliefs. Your higher self is guiding you towards something. Your mind puts a stop to it. Your physical body can't complete the directions that were given by the spiritual body because there's a mental filter that blocked it. Now, what that means is there's information dropping from the, the spiritual into the mental realm and it has nowhere to go. So there are a lot of instructions dropping in from spirit and your mind is filtering them out, but it doesn't have a way to work through them. And so like the, I mean, the way to work through them is you become aware of it. You become aware of your beliefs or you find safe spaces to vent, to talk it out, like to or to journal, write out all the things that are stuck in your mind. That's one way Mm. to get that stuff out. But there's also the reality that a lot of times we don't do that because we don't have the awareness or we don't take the time to do it. And that's when it spills into the emotions. Your emotions will tell you, my body is getting the instructions that it needs to do something Mm. because my higher self said so, but my mind said not to. There's an internal conflict, and that conflict is making me feel some kind of way. Because, of course, like, you have one thing to do, and you can't do it. So you'll feel angry, or you'll feel resentful, or you'll feel victimized. You'll feel sad or overwhelmed or whatever it is. But basically, when those instructions from spirit have time to to sit in the mind for too long they become stagnant and your mind keeps working it's it's continuously filtering things out and giving you its own instructions built on your beliefs that you've picked up in this lifetime like of course you're going to have an emotional response to that and so when you're feeling something emotionally i mean 
don't overanalyze <laughs> because also that brings you back up into your mind. But realize that that emotional sensations or emotional patterns that you see in your relationships over time, um, different expressions of emotion are really indications that you have some dissonance between your mind and your spiritual guidance system. And so the the final point in all of that is your your physical body follows your spirit. Your spirit always tells you the truth. Your mind filters out what it doesn't like about the truth. It holds on to beliefs and it collects directions that don't make it through the filter from spirit to physical form. Your emotions tell you how you feel about the fact that you can't do it right. Like you can't actually follow the directions as they're given. And we talked about ways to work through the, the mental blocks. And if you work through the emotional expression, which is really just let yourself feel it, let yourself express it in a healthy space or a safe space. And if you can't because you are out in public or you're in a meeting or something and some feeling comes up and you don't give yourself the time to let yourself go there all the way and really feel it, it will, that dissonance that started between the spirit and the mind and has dropped into the emotions will drop one step further into the body. And now what was a mental block that became an emotional expression that got repressed now becomes a physical symptom. And that physical symptom is, is a lot of times the only time we realize that there's something wrong. Mm. Mm. Because, I mean, of course, you're in touch with your physical form and you know if something is not right. But you might not always be listening to your mind or you might not always be giving space to your feelings. And sort of the first uh, checkpoint on the route from spirit to physical form is, is the mental beliefs. And if you're not working through those, then the next checkpoint is the emotions. And if you're not giving space to those then it's dropping into the body physically. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to really talk through this because this, give, this gives context to why we need medicine. Like you, you're never going to be at a point where you don't need it. And you're never going to be at a point where you're not whole. Just because you need medicine doesn't mean you're broken. We all have beliefs that we collect. And even if you cleared out your your mental blockages of all the things that you were taught growing up, all the things that you see in the world around you, you'll still develop more. That's, that's what the mind does. The mind forms ideas on purpose. It's there to protect you. It's there for survival purposes. And so that's a good thing. It will always happen. And the ideal is also not 
to avoid having emotions. Like you should feel emotions. Emotions are indicators of what's going on inside of you. That's good. There will never not be something going on inside of you. So the the thing is not to overcome these things, but it's to learn to recognize them for what they are. And like to also let yourself see that it's possible to acknowledge these patterns before they reach the physical every Mm. time that there are ways of of working with yourself to to really understand yourself and like the depths of yourself like the expanse of your mind and the range of your emotions to actually feel the the texture of those things so that you become familiar with them and in that way you you actually have a lot more ease in following your spiritual inner guidance system because sure your your mind is going to put red flags up all the time your emotions are going to spill out all the time they should but what do you do with those things and how quickly can you work through them or like how comfortable are you working through them so that it doesn't have to manifest in physical discomfort or pain or any kind of physical pattern and that you can have an experience in your physical body where you're actually able to fluidly follow your spiritual guidance and live a life of purpose. That's what all of that means. When Mm -hmm. people talk about living a life of purpose and passion, it's being able to understand and navigate all of this so that with your physical form, you can follow your inner spirit. Right. And only if you can do all of this and and you're comfortable doing all of this, can you then start engaging with your community and beyond that with the environment. And it's really not so step by step in nature, but I think we've... like humans generally have become so disconnected from nature and from their community that we can't, we have to talk about it in this way Mm. that like take care of you first and then go into your community and be one with the community. And then your community goes out into nature, into the world and sees what is happening ecologically and do some healing work there. Yeah. And do that not because that's more important. That's like less important to go and heal, like go relate to nature and heal. But it's because we actually can do it only if we really take care of ourselves first. Yeah. And it's about, I mean, everything you said, it's beautiful. It makes a lot of sense. And it also... Like to me, while you were talking, it like my mind, I guess, <laughs> kept going back to the idea of trust and the idea of remembering. So all of it is about you know using medicine or healing, moving through emotions to build up the capacity to trust yourself and to remember. That you're whole. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's what medicine is, right? Like the ability to remember that you're whole. A, a reminder, like 
a token of gratitude to your whole being an acknowledgement that I remember I'm whole and I bless myself with maybe, you know, maybe an external substance, maybe um, a ritual or something. But it, that's just a, like, sort of a metaphor for I know within myself that mm. I'm, I'm good. I'm okay. Like, I'm healthy. Yeah, so, I mean, what happens, though? I mean, all of us have some misalignment or have some symptoms or something that is not aligned or some physical things that come up. What are... Like, how can we address those? Yeah, so, I, I mean, like I said, I think you never, you're never at a point in your life where you don't need a medicine, where you've overcome not just the patterns, but the the fact that you will have patterns that come up. You know, like, you're never in a vacuum. You're, you're never sterile, you know? Like, there's, there's gunk to it. Like, there's grit in living. So stuff is always going to come up. And, and also, like, it's going to come up, and it's not that you need to necessarily get better it's just that you have to be okay with stuff coming up like so how do you bless your life with tokens that remind you of your wholeness in every situation and i think when i said like you'll you'll always need medicine and you'll always be whole you know those are those are not two opposite statements like medicine is something that supports you and it doesn't ever mean that you're broken if you need it or you engage with it in some way. Um, I think the the automatic thought for a lot of people who are listening to this um, would be like, oh, if I always need medicine, like, yeah, like I take pharmaceutical drugs, like I have a prescription or I always take these certain supplements or whatever it is. Or like, maybe you think like, Oh yeah, like my medicine is my food. That's why I eat the way I eat. And and we want to talk through a little bit about like what our actual like the practicality of like what is medicine? Like this sure like there's this you know conceptual thing of like everything is medicine and like if you claim something to be medicinal to you, it will heal you in some way. I mean, that's the placebo effect. And that's also energetic healing. Like that's, I mean, a lot of things are like that. But like, what does it mean in real life? Mm. So we're going to, we're going to walk through the, the seven medicines. Yeah, there's, uh, which come from, uh, I mean, the wise earth tradition, there are different steps of healing. Uh, we've come across these in the past. And Stella has done a lot of uh, reading and studying and contemplating about these. So I think it's uh, best if you introduce these seven levels Yeah. for me and for the listeners. Um, you've done it to me. You explained them to, them to me before. And I want you to do it for everyone now. Yeah. 
so there are seven levels of medicine, let's say, and um, the levels just mean how much input is required, um, and then what are the the possible challenges that come with the medicine. So um, the first four are medicines that you can engage with um, and not really experience any side effects. Like you can support yourself with these every day and it would not make you take any steps backward. And with that being said, I also want to point out that taking steps backward does not mean you're not healing. It just means that you might need additional support because like we talked about in um, our surviving versus thriving episode, there will be times when you have to make sacrifices and leave things behind in order for your health, like in order for your survival maybe, um, or your being more able to thrive in a situation. Um, but it will mean that you're leaving things behind in, in or that you're encountering um, weaknesses in some form. And so you have to kind of fill those with a different medicine. So um, the first medicine is is called serenity medicine. And in serenity, what you do is nothing. And the healing there is to give yourself space to not do anything, to not have to take something, consume something, or even do anything in order to make yourself better. And the way to work with these is to give yourself some time. And maybe it helps to give yourself a time limit even. Like if I'm seeing a physical symptom or an emotional thing um, or a, like some friction in a relationship or something, um, to give yourself a set amount of time to do nothing. And this can take the form of rest. Um, I mean, if meditation is relaxing to you, this would fall in that category. There's also, that's the thing is like, it's sort of your relationship to the medicine that defines what category it's in. Like to me, meditation is not doing nothing. So I would not consider it a serenity medicine, but maybe for you that helps you relax. Um, for me, breath work is doing nothing. And breath work is something that you and I have been doing a lot of over the last year or so. And, and that's been like hugely transformative for me for physical and emotional patterns that I've been working through. Um, and to me, that's doing nothing. That's do nothing medicine. So the second medicine is the medicine of story. And, um, this is where you, you might talk things out or draw things out or, um, go to therapy or get a diagnosis. It's all about information it's also not about doing anything with the information, but it is about collecting information. So um, this is like if you think of traditional rituals, this is why storytelling is, is part of that. Sitting around the fire and telling stories of your ancestors of the land um, 
or of you. Like if you you have a grandparent who has told you stories of of what you were like when you were little, that's story medicine. That's reminding you of who you are. And um, cultural stories are reminding you of where you come from and the broader context of who you are. And I mentioned um, diagnosis is part of story medicine. You can go to a doctor and say, I'm having these symptoms or, or any professional, anyone um, who is not you and just present, this is what's happening. How would you call it? What would you name it? And just listening for the words. Um, and then again, maybe giving yourself some time with, um, like how many stories do I need to tell before I expect myself to get better? Like how much time do I engage with story medicine before, um, moving on, um, to a deeper level of medicine or, or pulling back from it? Like maybe I don't need to hear any more stories Maybe I don't want a diagnosis. Like maybe I am not going to engage with this. So the third level is um, engaging with energy. And so this is where energy work comes in, obviously. So that might be things like um, Reiki, sound healing. Maybe for you, if um, something like breath work is more intense for you, you might call that energy medicine. Um you might call yoga or movement practices energy medicine if you engage with them um, in a way as to move your energy or your emotions versus stretching your physical body. Um, This would be like flower essences, but it can also be um, It can also be working with plant medicine that's more intense, but with the purpose of just engaging with the energy of the plant. So just because it's, you know, level three, it's like non-invasive medicine doesn't mean that you're not engaging with a stronger substance or a stronger modality, more intense modality. You can engage with anything at any level. It depends on how you think about it. So it can be that you have a a special connection with a certain plant. And um, instead of using the flower essence, you, you cook with that plant. And even though that's maybe nourishing you in a physical way, the reason you're including it in your recipe is for the energetics of it. Um, so number four is the medicine of nourishing and tonifying. So this is considered a, a lifestyle medicine where it's sort of, um, it's generally changes that you make to support yourself in the long term. Um, so nourishing and tonifying, it's obviously like including nutrition, um, being selective with what foods you're eating, being intentional with the movement practices that you have. It's sort of like routine medicine. 
Like, what is your routine and how does that support you? So this can a lot of times take uh, a really, like, physical format, but it can also be anything, right? Like, we talked about Reiki as an example of energy medicine. If, If you do Reiki every day on your physical form, the fact that you show up to do it um, is lifestyle medicine, right? Like it's showing up for yourself, really. It's not the fact that you're doing energy work. Just like if you pray every morning, prayer might be story medicine, but the fact that you decided to pray every single morning is lifestyle medicine. It's nourishing you. It's tonifying your system. It's, it's, um, engaging your spiritual muscles, activating them every day. And so, um, like I said earlier, the first four, these are the first four, and they are, um, they're safe to engage with uh, to any amount without limitation, without any risk of side effects, obviously. Um, you know, like, we have a lot to say about nutrition, and mm-hmm. we could... <laughs> do a whole episode on that. Um, but like what you decide to eat, what, uh, stories you decide to tell the energy you engage with and the way you work with the energy and your willingness to do nothing in, even in, in, um, crisis situations, your willingness to rest. Those are all medicines that will support you without any, Without making you take any steps backward. Without any side effects, really. Without any side effects, yes. Um, so these these more intense medicines, the next three that we'll talk about, five, six, and seven, do have some degree of side effects. Meaning that if you engage with them, you are also risking uh, to dislodge something that already exists in you. And that might require you to have extra support on the side. Um, so the fifth medicine is the medicine of stimulation and sedation. And um, this is generally called herbal medicine. And so that might be surprising if you think about, like, I mean, we already talked about um, like flower essences or cooking with different herbs. Um, I mean, making infusions or using tinctures, like using herbalism as part of your medicine. It's, it's actually a higher level of intensity in terms of medicine. And the reason that this is, even though like for sure you can, you can, um, rotate through certain herbal infusions as part of your lifestyle and that's lifestyle medicine and they're tonifying herbs and they're always infinitely supportive of you um but there's also this this um texture to herbal medicine that says i'm missing something and i need something external to fill it and that might be true. And then just know that if you're doing, if you're working with medicine in that way, especially with um, plants or, or any kind of substance that's stimulating or sedating, that that's altering 
your that's altering your physiology that's changing your internal chemistry um and it might be in a supportive direction of course that's why you would engage with the medicine is if you see that it's supportive to you but it might also um deplete certain minerals right like or i mean it's obvious probably but stimulate and sedate includes caffeine right so this like uh, medicine includes coffee or caffeinated teas and chocolates like those activate you in a way that's beyond just nourishing and toning of lifestyle medicine it's changing you just a little bit so that you wake up or you sleep better um We call it herbal medicine because we want to emphasize that it's it's possible to have side effects even from plants. And a lot of people work with herbalism as a lifestyle medicine, and it's it's really not that most of the time. Um, But obviously, certain supplements, or I would say maybe most supplements, fall in this category of medicine certain pharmaceuticals could could fall under this maybe not the more intense ones but um if they're medicines that stimulate or sedate your mind or your body in some way then they would be considered herbal medicines it's sort of a the gentlest of the intense medicines so the sixth medicine is pharmaceuticals So this is obviously um, the use of pharmaceutical drugs. And um, you might be in a situation where this, uh, the side effects that come with the drug are not as bad as you not taking the drug in the first place, right? That's why most people take pharmaceuticals. Um, And it is a more intense medicine. So if you do need it, and you are having side effects, you might want to implement a lower level medicine to support you through those side effects or to maybe nourish you in a way that, you know, the drug is working, it's doing what it's supposed to do in your body. But while it's doing that, it's also shifting your your electrolytes or the way your mind works. I mean, it, it could be a lot of things. I mean, so just finding out what those things are and meeting those needs with other medicines. Um, and then the the most intense, the, the high-tech medicine, number seven, is breaking and entering. So this means, obviously, surgery or invasive procedures. Um, this is like, obviously, most people don't have surgery unless they've already tried pharmaceuticals, already tried the lifestyle changes. It's something that like nobody wants to do because, I mean, it is super draining. Like if you think of it physically, if you think of it financially, like, I mean, nobody wants to go through a surgery unless they absolutely have to. Um, but why do, why do surgeries happen? Because they absolutely have to sometimes. And so, um, if, if that's the case and that's the medicine that you need to engage with, bring in all kinds of support, bring in all kinds of serenity, story, energy, lifestyle choices that support you to 
to be able to have the space to rest well during that time before and after so that you are remembering your wholeness or coming back to your natural state more with more ease for those last three it's it's obviously if you're in a situation where you need to engage with herbal medicine to stimulate and sedate for some reason if you are using pharmaceuticals or if you're needing to break and enter your body I mean that's what surgery really is you you probably already do this, but the the invitation for those three is to weigh the cost and the benefits to determine um, whether those things are really necessary or maybe if you can supplement with story or something else, um, lifestyle changes. Really letting yourself trust that all levels of medicine are meaningful and helpful and that maybe you haven't given them a chance um, and also, we talked about the the four levels of the being. It's important to understand that, like, for example, the seventh medicine, break and enter, that's a purely physical insertion. And there's no part of surgery, at least not any surgery I, I've ever heard of, where there's... Um, where there's a spiritual healing that's also taking place. I believe it does affect you on a spiritual level. And that's why I would say you need to support yourself, especially with that most intense level of medicine, um, with a lot of serenity, a lot of prayer, a lot of energy work, because as much of an impact as surgery has on your physical form, it's also going to deplete you emotionally. It's also going to make you mentally foggy and it's also going to challenge you spiritually and maybe frighten you. I mean, there will be a lot that comes up and um, working with the other medicines in support of what you know to be a necessary surgery or else you wouldn't do it, right? I mean, actually working with all of the levels of medicine to keep you well through all of that. I love this so much and it's thank you for sharing this and uh, presenting it in a very I think in a clear and like this the way you presented it okay it's clear and it was great and this system by itself like it it just makes so much sense because it it brings everything and everyone together. There's not a right or wrong. There's mm-hmm. not like a fight between religion and science. There's no like the, all those things. They fit in there. Yeah. That's all. I mean. Yeah, because it, we are naturally whole within ourselves and within our global family. Yeah, I mean religion and medicine they are human creations they are just Mm. the result of the creativity of the human being yeah or at least the the, those systems that we call religion and science systems that we use to understand life yeah and yeah and this 
tradition, this system, these steps of healing bring all that together. There's not a right or wrong. There's not one that comes first or comes after. It's just what makes sense. Like what, where are you? What medicine do you need? Mm-hmm. What, like even like asking the medicine, meet me here. I, this is what I need to be whole. This is what I need to be myself and to remember who I am and to be of service to my community and to and be an active member of the ecology of where I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that point about like asking the medicine to meet you where you are, it's like, I mean, the, the key to the seven medicines is is don't think about them as like a progression of good medicine to bad medicine. Like just because something is more intense doesn't make it better or worse, you know, like things that, you know, like mind altering substances, are they good or bad? I don't know. I mean, what do you need? Right. So it's kind of like, um, checking in with yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Um, and if you're at this point, check in with your community. What does the community need? What does my family need? What does the world need, the earth need? Um, and then engaging with medicine that's appropriate for the level of intensity of the symptom that you're experiencing. And, you know, like if you have a broken bone, I wouldn't do nothing, right? I wouldn't recommend that you sit with serenity medicine for three weeks like you probably need surgery so just skip to the seventh medicine just be with the seventh medicine and have a break and enter situation like have an invasive surgery and um and then rely on the other medicines to heal you but but you might be like in a state where like I mean, if you're listening to this, you probably don't need surgery right now. So you're probably somewhere in between. And maybe you have some things coming up and you're like, but I need more support. Like Reiki is not doing it. You know, like I can listen to the stories of my family, but maybe the stories I'm healing, maybe the stories I'm hearing are actually not supportive of me. Maybe they're contributing to the patterns that I'm seeing. Maybe they're making my symptoms worse. And, and so like you, you choose not to engage with that medicine and you just have to understand your body. And if you understand your body, then you inherently understand these medicines. If in this moment, like if it's the middle of the night and you're like, well, if I could just, if I could just rest, like if I could just engage with serenity medicine and fall asleep then I would have already done that because it's four in the morning and I'm worried about work the next day and I'm, I have all these things on my mind and I can't sleep. So it's not effective to go there. So maybe you do need to immediately in that moment realize that tomorrow will be better if I use an herbal medicine that has sedative effects, right? If I can actually fall asleep now, then I can, then I can maintain my my lifestyle, my routine tomorrow, and that is more supportive to me in the long term than like just trying to work through 
the the fears that are coming up in the middle of the night, like, yeah, that's stuff that needs to be addressed. That's why it's coming up, right? Those emotional things, like if you're worried about something or if you're um, thinking about something more than you really need to, like you don't need to think about it in the middle of the night, but you are, I mean, don't beat yourself up for that. Just see like, what is the least intense medicine that I can use right now to return me to wholeness as soon as possible. And if that medicine has side effects, you support yourself through those side effects. And maybe over time or certain times in your life, you will be able to engage with medicine that has no side effects and that will carry you through years at a time before you need another dose of high intensity medicine. But there's no shame in any level of it. Right. In any level of medicine, there's there's nothing wrong with it as long as you approach it from wholeness. Right. Like, yeah, knowing yourself and knowing what you're getting yourself into and taking responsibility for your personal relationship to the medicine at that time. Yes. And and always remember and always trust that you are the one that knows yourself the best. Remember right. that you know what you need all the time and do not um, allow others to tell you what you need. It's there are doctors that are really expert at using pharmaceutical or high tech drugs. They're energy healers that are great at energy healing. They're a great nutritionist and know everything about nutrition and can help you support a lifestyle. They do not have the answer to bring you back to whole. You are the only one that has the answer. And you can go and talk to all those people and get their support. But it's about trusting and it's about remembering and it's about holding that power. Yeah, I mean, you are the authority in your own life. And that is the, I mean, that's story medicine. It's just us saying that. But you remembering that makes everything else fall into place. And that doesn't mean things falling into place doesn't mean that you don't have symptoms anymore. It means that you understand that you have the power to Face anything that's coming up in front of you. Mm -hmm. And know what help you need. Yeah. Well, this was a great conversation. Thank you for being here, for sharing um, your expertise, really. I know that, I mean, you talked <laughs> most of this conversation and mm -hmm. rightfully so because you are the one that has been deep in this work for a long, long time. And you have reflected and felt it and did it, did a lot of these things. Yeah. And I feel grateful for having been able to sitting here with you, having this chat that, and which I think it's very, 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 important and very helpful and i think it's a great starting point for this second season of the wandering below 
do you want to add anything? <laughs> well, thank you for listening to me. Um, and I'm, I'm excited because next week we're also going to be talking about medicine from a different perspective. We're going to talk through different um, paradigms of healing. And as much as, I mean, I did talk a lot in this conversation and there was a lot to share. Um, but this sort of feels like information and and super helpful information that I, I think the more you know about it, the more empowered you feel. But next week's conversation to me is actually much more exciting. <laughs> so I'm so happy to dive into that. Great. Looking forward to that as well. And tune in for episode 12 next week. And... Go find your medicine. Love you.